We are learning here that, you know, some of the women's shelters are recording more than three times the amount of average calls they usually get. And this is coming from one shelter who says that they are connected with others. And these stories are starting to paint a picture of how the financial stress, the personal stress, may be hitting families. We are joined by Zena Chaudhry, who is founder of Sakina Homes Women's Shelter. Thank you for being here, Zena. Thanks so much for having me. All right. When did the calls start coming in? Um, I would say about eight or nine days ago, we saw the big spike. There was a few more calls coming in daily before that. But eight or nine days ago is when we saw the very, very large spike come in, which is almost three times the number of average calls we get a day. You know, do you see those things happening? You know, I think sometimes somebody said Super Bowl or whatever, and we go, what? Are there there times where women don't feel so safe in the home? So do you usually see those kind of ups and downs? We do. So, I mean, you know, something that we talk about in, I think, the shelter systems within uh, one another's um, shelters is kind of there's seasons to a shelter. There's going to be a busy season and there's going to be a slow season. And this is definitely not the time that we usually see the busy season at. But for us, I think the biggest thing we're seeing is that people are now stuck in the homes with abusers. They don't get any relief at all. They are with them 24-7, and everyone is facing, I think, a higher-level anxiety. Um, And because of that, people are taking their anger out on the most vulnerable in their homes. So what what's happening? I mean, do we have, we've been hearing about shortages here, there, and everywhere, plus we have this distancing. How is it affecting the shelter organizations in Toronto? Yes, so absolutely. If, you know, one of our transitional homes has a capacity of 12, we have to lessen that a little bit because we have bunk beds in there and we need to ensure that we have rooms for isolation. So basically the rooms that we have on the lower level, we've now kept as isolation rooms. For people who are showing signs and symptoms, uh, we have them there, and everyone else who is not showing signs and symptoms is in the main area. So for us, it's getting very difficult. We we actually do something a little bit different in our organization where we actually do remote casework as well across Canada. So if we don't have a shelter somewhere, for example, Saskatoon, but we're getting calls from there, we're going to have to pay for a motel or a hotel room for that family or that woman for about a week or two weeks until we can figure something else out with them. Because across the board, we're seeing shelters are overcrowded. What do you do? What do you think can solve this problem here? You know what? We're, we're kind of hopeful after the government announced their mm-hmm. funding for the shelters. But one, you know, there's so many shelters and they're overcrowded that $50 million isn't going to go very far. Um, but on top of that, I think the biggest thing is definitely coming together as a community and providing those, especially those in-kind donations. So food items, toiletries, things that usually we would pay for and provide but cannot because we're so overstressed with, you know, providing people with emergency food and housing and motel rooms. So I think definitely it's, you know, and we're seeing that. We're seeing the community come together and really help out wherever they possibly can, whether it's helping us with deliveries of care packages that we've made. I mean, to date, we've made 140 just in the past wow. week um, to give out to old residents and families calling and saying we can't make ends meet. Wow. Did you ever anticipate a stress like this on the shelter? We didn't. So we, we budget per year. And our treasurer, um, thank goodness for him, he is a very conservative budgeter. So he budgets us for 
like a year and six months. So we've actually had to go back and say, listen, let's say we don't collect any donations at all this year. How are we going to actually make this these programs run? How are we going to continue to help these people? But we've never imagined that something like this could happen. And it's still a big learning curve for us every day where, you know, trying to determine how to help people. We had a girl call in um, a few days ago and she said that, you know, my mom's passed away and my dad is very abusive towards my sister and I, and he really controls what we eat. So he mm-hmm. never used to give us breakfast or lunch and we would get that at school. But now that he's home all the time mm-hmm. and so are we, we're not getting any food. So can you leave some food for us around the corner of our house? There's a bush next to the mailboxes. Can you just leave some food for us there and we'll come get it when he goes to the washroom? So these are the kind of calls we're getting. And we, you know, it's never happened to us before that we're getting such a a variation of calls to this extent. Wow, what a story. Who would ever have thought? Zena, you made a mention that you're connected and have other shelters across the country. Are the big yes. cities worse, or what are you seeing across the country? So we absolutely are seeing where the population are higher. So, you know, in the GTA, Mississauga, like Peel region, Toronto region are seeing a high increase. Ottawa is seeing a very, very high increase um, of calls. Um, in BC, Vancouver, and in Alberta, Calgary. Those are the spots that we're seeing the most calls come in. Thankfully, we're connected with a lot of other shelters in the areas, so we can try and help out with resources, but every shelter we're calling is absolutely over capacity with a waiting list. Wow. So if if people are listening and they want to help out, what can they do? Where, Where can we send some stuff here? I would absolutely say, you know, closest shelter to you, whether it's a men's shelter, women's shelter, children's shelter, closest shelter to you, call them up and ask them what they're in need of. It could be meat. It could be non-perishables. It could be perishables. If you want to donate online, you know, people have, they're taking donations online. We are as well at sakinahomes.com. But, you know, it's definitely reach out to shelters because they're, I mean, I can speak on our behalf as well. We are so overwhelmed with cases that we don't even have time to think about, you know, what's tomorrow going to hold. We're so overwhelmed with just taking the calls and helping the immediate emergencies coming in. That's very hard for us to even determine what's going to happen next. I mean, for this past seven days, I'm working 18-hour days. And that's, you know, just one person out of our organization. And our employees, we've, we've told them work remotely unless you need to be in the shelter to drop off food. Work remotely because we, our employees for us are our lifeline. Without them, we can't help anybody. Zeno Chaudhary, thank you. We're happy you're out there. And um, our best wishes, and we hope you get an influx from our from our conversation. I, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's shocking and... Our fingers are crossed for you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Zeno Chaudhary, who is with the, the actual founder of the Sakina Homes Women's Shelter.